you know about them. You've seen them, but are you one? I am talking about the one and only Karen. That's right, people. We are talking all things Karen today, but specifically, we're talking about the Karens out there. Yes, the epidemic, the pandemic, like COVID is shaking because it is getting overshadowed by the Karens, okay? But specifically through the lens of race. So I am here today with director Patty Ivan. She's going to talk about her documentary, Deconstructing Karen. This film, let me tell you a little bit, okay? It was executive produced by Anna Paquin. You know Anna from True Blood, okay? It's getting all sorts of recognition from film festival organizations and a little bit of a premise. It's basically a bunch of white women sitting down at a dinner party like they have never had, okay? It is hosted by a black woman and a brown woman to have a radically honest, conversation about race and to call out that elephant in the room. So Patty, welcome to cancel me, baby. I mean, race talk on a Monday morning. And it's a good thing that this is such a simple topic because, you know, we only have 10 minutes and, you know, it's like, we're, we're going to have all our bases covered, right? Yes. Thanks for having me, Taylor. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So given that my show is called Cancel Me Baby, the whole idea, I have voices from all walks of life, from all sides. And the idea is like, I'm going to put my art out there, my opinion. And if you don't like it to hell with you. So Patty, have you gotten any sort of backlash from this film before we kind of get into the themes? Sure. And the um, we've gotten, listen, I personally haven't gotten not that this is an invitation, but I haven't gotten the level that Cyber and Regina get weekly. Like their, their inbox, like they have hired a person just to look at it because they get so much awful, 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 awful uh, in, in emails and DMs. Uh, I find Twitter to be a really like ugh, complicated place. So I spend more time on Instagram. I feel like Instagram is more my people, right? Twitter so, is the worst yes. like I thought high school bullies were bad and Twitter just really makes them seem like a walk in the park. So I think yes. Twitter's just become for me, it's like high intellectuals and then 4chan. It's like both. It's like, that's it. And like nobody in the middle. So I just don't spend a lot of time there. So let's talk about, you know, calling things as they are as we see it, which this film does. Something I appreciate about it is this film comes from a very left-leaning, I feel liberal point of view, but it's self-aware enough to talk about how white liberal women are actually in this arena, like the worst, because on the surface, it's like, we're the saviors. However, number one, they're actually not doing much and benefiting from the privileges that they have the most, right? So okay. talk to me about how this was maybe eye-opening to you, what you learned. And if you yourself, I don't know where you lean, but yeah. if you had any like aha self-awareness moments in this process, like, oh shit. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I think my biggest aha moment is literally we're all the same. So we think if we're Democrat, we think if we're liberal, if we think we're independent, if we think we're Republican, it literally doesn't matter. When it comes to race, we're all messing it up every single day. And I think that's the biggest aha moment. And these opportunities to have these labels in our comfort communities that we can tuck ourselves into and feel like we're seen in our ideologies, 
cool. When it comes to race, you're all we're we are all messing it up. And that for me was the biggest aha moment. And I think the thing is, I, you know, yes, maybe it seems like it's a love left leaning POV, but it's an portrayal of two women who are doing work that is more embraced by people on the left. So I think that also could be partly what you're picking up. And it's critical of people who are like, don't teach my five-year-old critical race theory, which is totally political propaganda. No one's teaching your five-year-old uh, critical race theory. So I'm curious for your thoughts on this, Patty. I don't know if you follow Barry Weiss at all. Um, she is an esteemed journalist. She used to be the op-ed editor over at um, the New York Times. And she went off to branch off and do her own Substack, and it's super successful. It's called Common Sense. And okay. something that she argues is, and she argues against CRT because she says, what mm -hmm. happens when, if we're teaching, right, like little white boys and girls that they're better, or even like little boys that they're better than girls. Like what happens when the backlash comes and then they're grown adults acting this way. And that's why I'm oversimplifying it. Obviously, again, this is a wildly complex topic, but um, I could honestly see something like that and the validity and something like that. So your thoughts. Oh, I, I mean, I obviously work I'd love to have a deeper conversation when I could actually really look at her work, but that premise sounds awful to me. And I, I don't think anything about, not that I want to make this conversation about CRT, right? but of course, CRT isn't about making white kids or white people feel bad. It's about an honest portrayal of our history and the long-term ramifications of living in that history. And so everyone's fragility around their fear that little white kids are going to feel bad learning the truth is like so bizarre to me it's such a strange of all the things you could take away from uh, a, a full honest education of our actual history the fact that people are more worried about little white kids feeling bad about it is like the least intellectual conversation around it I'm curious something that this film also points out is how white women and white people are so desperate to be like, I'm woke and I'm not a racist. I swear and prove it. Now at the surface, I could see how someone looking at this film, right. Directed by you, a white woman is, could automatically be like, okay, is this a wh white woman trying to prove right? That very thing versus you being yeah. like, no, no, no. Right. Have you had that sort of internal dialogue? Have you thought that to yourself? I have to say like, I just don't care. Like, I literally don't care. I just don't actually don't care. I don't care. Like, I just have, I personally, myself, Patty Ivins, I have nothing to prove to anyone. So like what people think of like my desire for people like me or not like me, I literally had to like put that down like several years ago. Um, and this movie is really not about me. It's about this honest, authentic work of these two women of color who are so fed up with the way things are going for their own kids and grandkids that they're willing to sit down with white women one at a time to try to help them see and, and give them a, a conversation and words and tools um, how it's it, racism is present in their daily lives. And really, that's really what the movie's about. You know, something, I don't know if you experienced this at all in this process. I was on a roundtable panel recently and it's fascinating because there's even conflict about this within the black community. I was on a panel with two really successful young black 
performers, thought leaders. One is a man, a radio podcast host. One is a woman, um, like a billboard artist. And they totally didn't see eye to eye. She is like, I don't want to live in a victim mentality. I have more opportunity than my parents, my grandparents. And he was very much like, you know, we have to look at the injustices and black people are marginalized all the time. And it was so fascinating and important, I think, and eye-opening to see how this even has to go on within, here we are two white women talking about this, right? But how this um, conflict and dialogue even goes on within that community, right? I mean, listen, I think Sire and Regina on no level are claiming to speak for all people of color. Like this is their point of view. This is what they bring into the world. Mm -hmm. A lot of people won't agree with them and they're also okay with that. I'll say as two white women sitting here having this conversation, why this matters, why it matters that you and I are having this is because in our lives, we as white women really don't talk about this with our friends. We don't, we actually, just don't have the language, the skills, the experience. So partly what our job is, is to talk to our white friends, our moms, our you know racist uncles, all the thing to not make it a safe space anymore for other people's racism. And it always happens behind the shadows. And I think a big, I said this on that panel, I think a big part of it, Patty, is the fact that, you know, there, it can have a combative nature even in this film it was so interesting to see the white women get bent out of shape or say something like we're not all bad or i'm upset and these two women are like you just erase everything that we just said and that in and of itself is white supremacy right and then you have these buzzwords like white supremacy that turn people off or make people it's it's so complicated so how in your mind is you know the best way to have these conversations without people getting shut off, even if it is behind closed doors, like you're saying. Yeah. You know, listen, it's you just have to not care if someone's gonna get turned off. Like here's On the both thing. Sides, right, Patty? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is this is not for our white comfort. This conversation is not about making your mom or your friend or your boss or your uncle comfortable. It's about having the courage to say, I don't really know what to say here, but I'm going to tell you, I'm super uncomfortable with what you've just said, uncle Bob, you know, or, you know, friend Betty, like, I like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Betty. That feels really racist. <laughs> right. So I think, or Becky, it, you know, <laughs> Becky, Karen, Betty, you know, Patty, it doesn't literally like it. Right. We have to start being disruptors. And I think what Cyrus, model really beautifully in the movie and in their work in everyday life is they disrupt our complacency. You know, really, let's be real. Racism isn't hurting me today. Like I'm in my life doing my thing. Da, 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 da. It is hurting me and my family though, in a more macro sense. Um, it's tearing our communities apart. It's permeating every corner of our society. So you can maybe blindly get through your day as a white woman and be like, la la, it's not, it's not really affecting me. It actually really is. So we we have to start having these conversations. Right. We just do. I, I have to start rapping, Patty. Get, you know our our ten minute race talk of um, unmatched. But you know my and and a, and a line in the movie that highlights what you just said is where one of the women go to the white women like, "Would you rather be a black woman?" Right? Like as a white woman, you're like, "Oh shit!" Like that hits a certain way. Now on the whole, you talk about how it's tearing us apart. My issue, but we're gonna end on a good note. 
My issue is even like if how you need a lettuce, few more minutes. We can take two more minutes. It's fine. Okay, awesome. I was going to say two, two more. Yeah, that's fine. Patty for the win. Uh, director calling the shots. I love it. Um, you know, my issue on the whole is how, again, it is so politicized. I often feel like, you know, the left will sometimes um, over sensationalize things or dramatize or often like what? Portray- like how? Give me a real example. Okay. So here's a real example. So this is going to take a second, but I was going to call out the white or sorry, the right side as well. Um, and how they act like, what do you mean? There's nothing going on. Like, what do you talk? We're all the same and woohoo equal opportunity. Right. So an example is with, um, I read a story about a man who studied the numbers and statistics for rooters very much in the weeds of numbers and all this. Okay. And he was looking at police brutality and how, if you're reading the headlines, it would seem, I'm not acting like it doesn't exist whatsoever because it absolutely does. But if you look at the headlines in the media, you would think that it's very unproportional that this is happening all the time and, and all this. Now, would I want to be a black person driving in a car or a white person? Hell no. Right. Because of this very thing. However, he found that unarmed white people are actually killed at a much higher rate than unarmed black people. And obviously you would be like, well, of course there's more white people than black people. Not that it's okay, but that would make sense. But he found in the numbers, basically it was disproportionate, that idea. But if you look at the media, it would seem like the reverse. So when he brought his findings to Reuters, he was completely ostracized, given death threats, um, you know, blacklisted from the company, basically fired without warning. The leaders wouldn't have, you know, anything like like that kind of thing. Right. I feel like this is a lot of hearsay. I think that, I think what I don't love about this conversation is similar to Barry Weiss. Like I don't have the facts to really respond appropriately, but I'll tell you the circumstantial story that you're painting is too important to actually have a serious conversation without actual facts. It's uh, because too I complex exactly. Well, and I but I want to say to you, like, it's problematic because this is why media gets so distorted. People in and I really will say it was it's been bad my whole life, but it really got bad with Trump, where people take one piece of one bit of research, they exploit it in the wrong way, and then and suddenly that's the, the catchphrase. And I don't really want to participate in that. And you're you shouldn't because you're awesome. You have your own show, and we don't need his research. Um, even substantiate or fact check ourselves. Well, that's a hundred percent true. It's like one thing, one headline, and this goes for both sides on all sides will be, like I said, over-dramatized, right? That was just an example off the top of my head, but to bridge it together in the end, Patty, we have had this issue. We're here for your movie, pop culture. That's my background, your background. And I feel like it has been so poignant you know, in so many films, right? Get out or even like white chicks, right? To like make fun of how entitled white girls are. Talk to me about some of your favorite examples of this that have really entertained us, but made, made a point. I mean, first of all, I love both those movies. I know iconic. I'm going to tell you, like, I don't know. There aren't, there were some really interesting seventies, um, there were 70 sitcoms made by Norman Lear and some other really impressive filmmakers of that day that brought Black people into our homes in a more um, interesting way that you didn't really see through the 80s and the 90s as much. 
And so I don't really have an easy answer for you. I think Get Out was a really powerful movie and did an incredible job yes. of bringing this conversation to light in a really compelling um, scripted way. Um, but I can't think of, you know, for me, it was really important to make this movie that people could engage with and feel like they're sitting at the table. It's not a talking head movie. It's not a, I'm here to lecture you and tell you. It's actually a movie where you get to be a part of the experience. And when I talk to people and they're like, I'm offended by this or da, da, da. I'm like, awesome. You had a seat at the table. Then you actually were there. You stopped sitting in your comfortable couch at home and you started having these conversations. Like, what would I say? Ooh, my mom has said that. Ooh, my friend has said that. You are in it. And that is the best compliment I can get. And you guys making fun of things too, in a way, which, I mean, you talk about Norman Lear, like the satire of all in the family, right? Like those ways of really getting to our core um, and being like, oh, like having those light bulb moments. So maybe there will be a deconstructing Becky or a part two. Yeah. We'll see, Patty. Thank you so much, Taylor. Super fun to meet you. Thank you for your time. Likewise. Appreciate it. All right. I'm going to follow you.